0: okay what's up everybody welcome back to the o2 podcast paul and andrew here today paul what's good man you're you're hanging out you're doing your show from outside
1: yeah i'm on my on my back porch man i am i am home turkey season turkey tour 2023 uh is in the books man so my last hunt was in new york last friday great trip great hunt empty-handed didn't pull the trigger had a couple of opportunities just you know you need them at 40 and they would stay at 60. So that is life. But man, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be, uh, start getting settled back in, I think. So life's been absolutely insane.
0: Good, good. Oh, I get that. And, uh, we're glad to have you back. Uh, you've been traveling the world and, uh, now we're going to settle in for hopefully a couple summer months
1: of more stability, right?
0: before we get geared up
1: i before. hope so man yeah get this show back uh back to some sort of like uh, i don't know reasonable pace here and get some some good guests lined up so yeah good um let's see here
0: so first off i want to say thanks to our partners we got
1: sorry siri's talking to me
0: that's all right that's weird she happens all the time <laughs> uh it does <laughs> thanks to go wild uh partners over at go wild time to go wild.com. Thank you for all your support. We'll talk more about them here in a minute. Um, but that's your online platform for hunters and anglers. Uh, you can go on there, log your walleye trophies or whatever else you might catch. And uh, yeah, just part of a great community. So thank you to them. Thank you to Midwest Gunworks, Cameron, and everybody over there for all your gun needs, ammo, parts, uh, actual guns, everything. Uh, those guys are knocked that their bang bang up crew over there they just uh and they get it done so thank you to them uh thanks to the guys over at x-vision for your thermal and night vision optics those uh hope to see some more stuff coming up from them soon but man can't say enough about that i need to get out and use uh the scopes uh we need to get out and use the scopes and find some coyotes um yes we do so hopefully in, in the downtime here this summer we can get that after that but uh let's see we got first light thank you guys at first light for their support um got that Trace system again super light super comfortable that's new on the books there check that out and then half rack half dash rack.com okay because I'm so bad at this Ohio outdoors 15 for half rack is the code. No. And then for Midwest Gunworks, I forgot, but it's Ohio outdoors five. Um, if you need those, save you a little bit of money on stuff. This episode that we're going to do today is with Josh Dutton and Josh is one of the founders of half rack. So, uh, we're not going to say too much more about them now. Cause you're going to get, uh, quite a bit here in a little bit, but Paul, let's talk about our, uh, weekend, man. That was fun. What a weekend.
1: Yeah, man, a little walleye fishing up north uh, on Lake Erie outside of Port Clinton with the boys from Louisville, Kentucky. The cool. Gowag crew came up. We had Mike Larson, Gowag member from Michigan, came up. Awesome guy. Our buddy Glenn came down from Michigan. Uh, my buddy Justin came up. Man, just a great time. Just uh, We had 11 of us on, on across two boats. Uh, phenomenal fishing. Probably the best walleye fishing I've ever had. I'd uh, say so. There, so...
0: so- and that was no. one of those things, man, we had this, we've had this plan for six months and as time got on, like you knew it was coming closer, but for me personally, like last week, it was absolutely insane with work and life. And then I didn't, I didn't leave my house until almost eight o'clock Friday to make that two, three hour drive up. And it was like mad rush, get the lawn mode, go to the gym and I coach and you know, all the work stuff, and everything else had to get done before I could leave. But finally, once we got up there. It was like this wonderful, just moment of decompression and yeah and enjoying
1: yeah it it was, and I mean anytime I think you're with you're with friends in an outdoor setting, be it hunting or fishing uh you know that that camp uh if you will, it's a good time and and it was that was just that was great, man, it was much needed, we'd both been just on a tear, uh man, it was cool, good people, good fishing, good food, drinking all of it checked all the boxes andrew
0: it did so shout out to lakeland charters up there out of catawba island um captain chris we had captain eric and what was your captain saying jr 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 took us out we went and we fished right off of peely island so technically in canadian waters
1: and and for those listening we had all of us had canadian licenses
0: yeah, yeah yeah we did it right and so that was interesting to go through. That was the first time I ever bought a Canadian license, but we're good uh figured that process out, and it was a little slow to start. beautiful morning, man, beautiful morning oh, it
1: was the best. You couldn't ask for better weather.
0: We ended up both boats limited out um we had some monster fish come in, and then we went back and ate it. We ate some of it yeah, and that was delicious.
1: what what was what was funny is is you and I were on different boats and you guys, I, you and I, we're, we had a group text. We're texting back and forth, and I, you, I, I asked you, how many, how many fish do you need for your limit? You're like quite a few, and I'm like, yeah, we're eight. We're gonna beat your ass. Well, you guys ended up beating us by like a, by like probably like ninety minutes. I,
0: uh, it, if if nobody knows, I'm mildly competitive, and by oh, my, yeah. I mean I'm super competitive. So there was no way yeah. I was gonna go down, and I would pull those fish out with my teeth as long as we Oh win. man
1: we we were we were trying like hell uh we all no we no one wanted to be the second boat but so so your your captain radio is our captain where you at and, and you guys boat over to us and we're just holding fish up and mike mike larson had this massive walleye that he was holding up and uh and you guys pushed i mean if not the biggest fish like top three fish that i caught in front of everyone on your boat. It was got to, it was amazing. Awesome, it was great.
0: We're coming over to talk shit. And here's <laughs> Paul. All of a sudden his line is like, his rod is just bent over. He's got this monster on the other end. So you're welcome, Paul. You're welcome. Yeah, you're
1: welcome. You pushed him right to me. So I'll tell you what, if you haven't fished Lake Erie in a while, I know there's been some like, like a kind of a, a, a downturn with the population over the last 15 or 20 years. But man, you've talked about record hatches from like starting in 2018 to today i mean every everyone is just above average you know record 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 it is a it is a golden era of walleye fishing on lake erie right now it so a, absolutely is yeah, I, you know really what it is
0: so last year we did this right but we went august so it was a little bit off of the peak time and i, I don't know if you remember but we threw a lot of fish back because they weren't big enough yeah, and they're uh, big enough now <laughs> yeah but this year we threw i think both boats i think we discussed talked Grown maybe six back or something
1: six to ten yeah
0: yeah not not nearly what we did last year so the size is definitely i mean the size per fish is definitely growing um and you can we almost saw that for like one year over you know another yeah. but
1: yeah they've done the state's done a lot of work the you know the conservationists in in that watershed have done a lot of work so you know it's it's you can reap the fruits of, uh, of their labor and, and collectively our labor. So it's, it is, it's, it is a good time to be a walleye angler, uh, in the state of Ohio.
0: And then when we got back from the, from the, the charter, I just got to, there's a couple things I got to bring up here. Uh, we had, had some fish, right? Jacob, old Ted boogie, he put together quite the spread. He was, uh, kind of the camp, if you call it camp chef, uh, and it was really good. And we kind of took yeah, naps. Mom. You had, you took off and you went home. Uh, the rest of us, we kind of mingled around for a while. We went down to the, the Walleye Festival, which was one of the most interesting people-watching experiences I've ever seen in my life. I'll leave it at that. And then we came back and ate more food. And at that point, we had venison backstrap. And, Paul, I'm going to tell you, man, you missed out. Because Mike Larson Mike Larson, pulled out this wild turkey pastrami and venison pastrami. And I'm not sure I've ever eaten I don't know if you call it, like, a lunch meat type of cut, whatever. That was unbelievable, and you missed out. I might have a little Damn. bit here for you if you want, but.
1: I will take you up on that.
0: Mike Larson told me I'm supposed to give you hell because you did not get to enjoy the pastrami, so.
1: Oh, gosh. I I, I saw pictures of that on Go Wild, and it looked fantastic, and he sent some pictures in our group text. Man, I I, I had to get home. I was completely just beat down i had nothing left i've been on the road man i mean the month of may i think i've been home like four days or so just something just insane so yeah i had to get home holiday weekend yeah
0: no so um so yeah that was great um again thank you to captain chris and lakeland charters up there um we'll be back next year to do it again
1: yeah we will good time
0: but uh i don't have a whole lot of news from around the state i think i've got it in a folder somewhere but uh, yeah we'll get back to that next week uh for this week we've got josh from half rack we'll let you guys uh, enjoy that and
1: fun discussion yeah. right yeah i wasn't there i was doing something
0: i think you were turkeying. Uh, i think so but it's okay we had a nice talk and josh great dude uh half rack is a great company check out their stuff half rack.com you can find them on go wild um and yeah we just so we appreciate everything and all the listeners out there we will uh, we'll get you some more information here. Archery hike is July seventh and ninth. archeryhike.com. dot com. Don't forget about that. Uh, we're going to get Justin on and talk about about more about that here soon.
1: B BHA event. The BHA. The yep. Get on there. Get that. Muster in the marsh. It's July twenty fifth, sixth, and seventh.
0: Beautiful. All right, Paul, and go enjoy your uh, your patio sitting there. Down See season later. All right, and we're back. And uh, today we are joined with our special guest, Mr. Josh Dutton of Half Rack. Josh, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. We were Thanks just, for having me. We
0: we're just talking. It's like hot down here. I mean, it's pushing 78. It says now, uh, and you're are in. Uh, you're wearing your sweatshirt, and it's cold <laughs> here at. And uh, man, what the heck? Yeah, that's
2: it's, it's a little too cold for almost June. Uh, like, I think we're pushing, hoping to get in the 60 today, but we're definitely in the fifties right now. So it's not all that comfortable for, you know, where we're at in the time of the year. So where are you at? So I'm in uh Racine County in Southeast Wisconsin. So the best way to explain is like halfway in between Chicago and Milwaukee. Gotcha.
0: So you're up there by where we had the, uh, or you had the, the conservation event last year.
2: Yeah. Yep. So that's actually my hometown. That's my hometown bar right there. Now it all makes sense. Yep, um, exactly. So.
0: Um, well, Josh, thanks for coming on today. Actually, your second time on the show because we did do our uh, shenanigan <laughs> show there at the uh, 2% for Conservation uh, event. That's what it was, right? No.
2: Yeah, 2% for Conservation. Right yeah, right. I forgot you guys actually recorded that. I don't know that there was anything usable in that whole deal.
0: We talked a lot about hunting kangaroos and yep. wallaboos and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So.
2: My, uh, the game warden there, Mike, who was, I, I think he was part of the conversation with the kangaroo part. He was, he was over, uh, at, uh, I saw him probably, I don't know, like a week ago. And we actually were just revisiting that. And he was asking if we were going to do that again this year. And I said, yeah, uh, we'll try to keep the uh, questions a little bit more, uh, on topic for, uh, the game warden this year's, but, uh, it was fun. It'll yep. be good to actually, uh, get everybody back up here and do it again.
0: Next time you talk to him, you tell him that was our most downloaded episode
2: was it really I don't know
0: but you can tell him that so, uh.
2: <laughs> yeah it uh, uh it uh I think it took me Glenn told me which you guys have you guys have a relationship with Glenn Reich right and uh he told me that you guys dropped it and I I listened to about the first 15 minutes of it and I was like oh my gosh no That's one's right. getting anything from this <laughs> which was actually
0: like the second 15 minutes because Paul forgot to hit the record button so uh, right but whatever you know what's funny is I actually had a conversation with a guy earlier today. And he told me that in Western Ohio, and I cannot confirm this, so nobody jumped me for this. But um, supposedly, there was uh, an alligator or two shot in Western Ohio uh, that were in one of the rivers. So, what, dude? It's like when we get on the phone or get get to talking, weird stuff happens.
2: It, I think it's Ohio, to be honest with you, man. Yeah. A lot of weird news stories come out of Ohio.
0: <laughs> I can't. I cannot debate you on that all right so,
2: it's uh that's definitely
0: definitely seems to be true so
2: y'all are rare breeze down there we're special we'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that so
0: um all right josh so you are part of half rack and will you give us a quick rundown just of what half rack is uh i know you guys you know work with us on the show and um we've we've developed a nice relationship there and you got some really cool products but can you just give us a rundown of the company overall
2: yeah, absolutely. So we kind of sprayed all fields. I mean, we generally what we do is we want to in, enhance um, the end consumer's time in the outdoors. So that can be in a lot of different things, whether it's hunting, camping, outdoor, you know, just general um, walks, hikes, whatever it may be. Um, most of our products are around hunting products, but um, yeah. So we, what we wanted to do is offer a brand that uh, we say uh, people can cheer for. You know, a brand that has a soul to it is something that we've used a lot in some of the ways that we've described half rack is, um, you know, it's a brand that means something. We're hopeful that people want to put the half rack sticker on the back of their, uh, on the back of their truck. And in the categories that we play in, there's really just not too many manufacturers that have that kind of soul to it. So um, day one, when we started, we became uh, affiliated with 2% for conservation right off the bat. So that's one of our core pillars is to uh, give back, uh, we're all very passionate outdoorsmen and care a lot about the resources that are out there. So we've, from the very beginning, wanted to do something special and make sure that we were able to, uh, you know, keep that for the next generation and do some things that are built around that. So, um, and again, we try to take a lot of those items that you need and you're buying and you probably don't even know who you're buying it from, but you're going to the store and you're grabbing it. And you're like, hey, I need a bow rope. Hey, I need a, a bow hanger. I need, you know, a gambrel. Um, and we want to do and take those items and make a small tweak to them, make them a little bit more user-friendly, You know, give it to the consumer at a competitive price, and then also you know have some kind of fulfillment from buying that item, knowing that you're giving back to conservation. So that's really how we set the company up. And we started in 2020, and it's honestly just been a rocket ship since then. So it's been fun.
1: I
0: think one of the beautiful things about your products, sometimes they're products you don't even know you need. Right. So uh, snack pack is one that comes to mind. And the hunter hanger that you guys released here earlier this year, we were just talking about it. But I mean, it's very simple design, but man, it, it's uh, it's so just functional and it, it's easy oh, yeah. easy, and it hangs everything. Uh, and that snack pack, man, I, I, I can't remember which trip I was on last year. But I remember I had like, you know. This pocket and this pocket and, you know, peanuts and then a granola bar and something else, you know, all these different things all over the place. And then that was like day one. And then day two, I'm going to get ready. And I look in my box. I'm like, you idiot. You have a snack pack. That is what it is for. You put the snacks (laughs) in the bag and then you don't have things all over the place. Uh, Yeah. So,
2: well, that's what it started as. I mean, everyone brings a snack to the woods. It seems like that was a big trend over the last couple of years and stuff. So, it kind of started it almost off as kind of a, a cheeky thing that we did that was just kind of more for laughs than it was anything else. But it's been fun to see how um, people have adapted that item and they're using it for all kinds of different things. I mean, I use it to keep my like wrist wrap, uh, my wrist release or my thumb release in it. And, and I mean, I just, you can, there's so many different ways you can use it keep your batteries organized it's just you know it's an opportunity for you just to keep stuff organized in a pack and it's uh it's been one of our more popular items and i i was a very big skeptic of that item before we launched it i was uh i'm like no one's gonna buy this man (laughs) and uh i was wrong
0: it is funny i have two of them and one of them does batteries as well so as long as i make sure that i have the right one at the right time because if i go to snack on some lithium that's not going to be that's not going to be good but
2: Um, Yeah, or like the little gear hangers that you put in your tree and stuff like that. If they're just all floating around your bag, you always stab your hand when you're reaching in there in the dark trying to find them. It's just so much easier to have it in a spot that you know you can find it and be a little bit more, uh, I guess, prepared when you're getting set up for the day.
0: Absolutely. So, So your position within the company is what?
2: I'm one of the founders. Um, So what I do is I just help out in regards to product development, Um, sales and marketing is really where I focus in on most of my efforts. They try to keep me out of product development. Uh, I come up with some ideas from time to time and they kind of, they call it J Marking ideas, which they put it out there. Like, yeah, they're going to do lip service for me more or less and, and, uh, possibly look at doing it. But, uh, most of the time, like the, the heavy lifting in regards to like product development and, You know the actual development of the items is done by my other two partners and they kind of let me just focus on sales and marketing
0: i'm not going to turn this podcast into a business development discussion but i am a little bit curious so like what is it like developing (laughs) essentially a new brand uh and all the products that go with it in today's market i mean everything that i can see from your guys's perspective it's beautifully done the website uh your booths at at the different shows um all the products along the way, but it's not marketing and stuff like it was back in the nineties. It is Mm -hmm. some of this, you know, the, the, the social media stuff, the online, the cookies and all these, whatever. I don't even know what all this stuff means. Right. Uh, Um, but it's gotta be a a unique approach, uh, as, as things continue to evolve.
2: Wow. I I honestly think it's our competitive advantage. Um, so, I you know, there's a lot of companies that we go up against and they make a good product and they're out there doing it, but they've been doing it the same way forever. And I don't even know that they spend a lot of time thinking about marketing because these are kind of items that people don't really think about. They're impulse items when someone's going to buy shotgun shells or new arrows or whatever. So I think that the opportunity for us has been to actually speak to a customer and, you know, give them a little bit of education about the products that we're selling so that you know, we can influence that purchase decision. So it's, you know, from the start of it, it kind of, it happened really organically. Um, It's been in the outdoor industry for like 17 or 18 years. And then the two other partners I have in it have been in for just about the same time. And we've all kind of been doing different things for different companies, but in our positions that we do, or we have for half rack. So, you know, like, TJ has been developing and designing products and engineering stuff for a lot of different companies. I've been selling and marketing products since, you know, oh8 0- I think, or Oh seven. Um, and then our last partner has been sourcing and designing and developing products for about the same time. So <laughs> we were always friends and we just kind of chatted and kept uh, in touch. And it just turned out to be one of those things like, why aren't we doing this? And it became pretty clear when we had some uh, connections uh, with some retailers that came out and, um, a marketplace had opened up like a spot in the marketplace where they were looking to me for a solution to fill that peg basically. And there really wasn't one that wasn't already established out there. So I, you know, I brought it to, um, you know, the, the guys and we sat there and talked about it a little bit. And, you know, I think it happened so quick. I bet it was less than two months later, we had 20 something items and we were off and running. And, uh, you know, building the brand is the hardest part. I mean, obviously, we started from nothing, right? So we started from absolutely nothing. Um, the good thing is, is we've got some awesome friends in this industry that we've worked with for a really long time. That, frankly, we would have never been able to do anything compared to what we're doing now if we didn't have them, uh, because you know, these are guys that are typically you know, asking for a fair amount of money to rep a brand or going out there and, you know, use a different brand. And a lot of them just wanted to help us out. And they supported us through that. And, you know, they gave us a lot of credibility right off the bat. And uh, it just kind of started the snowball. You know, we had some things out there that, you know, caught fire a little bit. And um, we had a couple of retailers that jumped on right away. Um, you know, the way that we go to markets a little different. We really want to support the mom pa type retail stores versus like, you know, the bigger chain stores, not that we won't ever, you know, sell to those guys. It's just our focus is trying to get those farm and home stores, those independent dealers and give them a good product at a good quality um, price that they can sell out and sell to their customers and not have to worry about what it's being sold at at Walmart or something like that. You know, that's just not our game and that's not really where we want to be. So, and that mindset or that philosophy is really uh, caught on, pretty well with a lot of the, you know, our dealer partners and stuff like that. And we've got a, you know, a real good grassroots group of people that are pretty cult-like and following us. And we're, we're real happy to have them. And uh, we like our community and we, you know, every chance we get to try to grow it, we're going to do it. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun, but I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at if we didn't have so many people. I mean, even like yourselves that are giving us a platform to kind of talk about what we're doing and why we're different. So.
0: Oh, we we've met you guys and and everything. It's that's easy. This is uh, that's easy on our end, but definitely a cool industry and it's small, a lot smaller industry than it might seem. But okay, so I have to ask from a, a product development side of things, and you can say this. I think as a marketing guy, how often or if ever do they come to you with a product and you outside of a snack pack, and you're just like, nope, not doing it. Like this, all the time. Yeah, this is a failure. <laughs> We're not doing this.
2: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm probably the most pessimistic person on the group in regards to like, you know, the guys will get excited about an item and I'm like, it's just not going to, that ain't going to take. And I try not to let like some of my preconceived notions or whatever dictate what I'm, you know, let, you know, the old adage in our industry is let the buyer be the buyer. Um, so in a lot of cases, there's times where I've been like, you know what, I don't think so, but the two of them are so adamant about doing it that we've gone forward with it. And then you have the snack pack and it's like one of our top selling items. So, uh, hey, it's a, you know, there's, there's some things I will be more of a stick in the mud on if I know, you know, from my years of selling and looking at what's out there in the marketplace. And, you know, if we're not that different than what's out there, or if there's a price point, that's you know, kind of owns that marketplace, then I'll, I'll stick to my guns a little bit more than uh, most cases. But, you know, honestly, it's a, it's kind of a cool team effort because we'll bring ideas together before they even really get to that point. We're talking about it. And, you know, we pretty much have a good idea that if that item's going to go forward or not. And I mean, we probably have, I would say no less than 50 items that are just on the back burner, like tweaking and thinking about, we bring it up from time to time and, Um, we're, you know, the roadmap, I think for next year is we're going to try to introduce another, I think it's either five to 10 new items next year with some cool innovation. Um, you know, we've got, that's the thing that I'm the most excited, excited about when I look at half rack is, you know, we do a lot of items that are out there. Like we've, you know, a lot of other manufacturers might make something very similar. You know, we tend to think that we offer a better quality product and maybe a little tweak that makes it a little bit better. Um, but for what's coming in 2024 is truly like groundbreaking. There's nothing out there like it right now. So um, we're really excited about that. and you know the more momentum we get as a brand, the more of those types of opportunities and products we can bring out because you know, just being frank, it's expensive to you know do something from the ground up and try to bring it to the to to the ship to um, to a store it's uh, it's a pretty big investment.
0: Yeah. And, you know, sometimes those dumb ideas that they they turn out to be okay because I'm pretty sure there's some guy probably sitting on a private (laughs) island uh, right now that created the Snuggie. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you never know. Right. So.
2: Right. No doubt. I mean, it's like you were talking about the the hunter hangers, an idea where I, I mean, I the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, okay you know, it's I guess, you know, I can see why it would be got has some kind of use but it's that you know the more that i looked at it and the more that i personally played with it i was like this is a no this is just a duh like why hasn't this thing been created right already yeah so it's been and it's you know that's proven itself too already at retail we launched that thing like probably about a month ago and we've had a tremendous amount of success with it
0: good good to hear so uh and paul and i always talk about the the, one of the next things coming out the meat lug uh, can you give yeah. us, a, and I promise we won't, I told you we won't make this a complete half rack commercial, but now like everything, all these ideas are coming to my mind, but <laughs> tell us about the meat lug, like what, what do we got there?
2: So the meat lug was kind of came to be because we were TJ and I were hunting on my family's property up in Western Wisconsin and he's in Indiana. And so he's always had like a little bit of a cruise and I can tell you one thing about it. If you've ever hunted with TJ, he is going to go home with an animal. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a doe, a fawn, whatever. He wants meat. So, uh, he uh he's, I think he's batting a hundred every time he's come up here to go bow hunting with us. He's gone home with meat in the freezer. So, um, but yeah, we, we were, you know, packing up his truck or whatever. And it was pretty tight because we had a couple other hunters that were in camp too. And, you know, we were throwing a bunch of ice in a, I think it was like a Yeti, 65 or something like that. And we're like, man, it just, there's got to be a better way to compact this and do this. And like, we started looking around at, you know, some of the other soft sided coolers that are out there. And honestly, there's just a lot of improvements that you can make to it to make it more specific for actually hauling meat, like a wider mouth uh, seals the zipper. So you don't have like the blood or water or something leaking out. Um, So we just really kind of over-engineered uh, a cooler to make it more compatible for hauling your meat. So this is, there's two different sizes that we're going to have. We're going to have an airline size, which is going to be big enough to fit in your carry over or your head or whatever. I think it's an overhead carry spot, whatever uh, on a plane. So if you're hunting, you know, West or whatever and you're um, successful and trying to find a way to get your stuff back from a flight, you can bring it right on the airplane. Um, which is nice. Obviously, if you shoot an elk, you're probably going to have more work than that because you're not going to get an elk in there. But we, uh, we were able to get a full size Wisconsin dough in one of the prototypes. So that's deboned. Um, so and, and a lot of laws in most states make sure that, or I think they call for you to have it, the meat deboned anyway. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that we kind of we've been kicking around a little bit for a while and, um, we, Actually, toss that idea out to a couple other people in the industry that we trust a lot, and they're like, "Yeah, you're on to something here." So we launched that first version at ATA this past year, and uh, uh, that's been one that's been really well received as well. And we should have the bigger one in stock, I think, on our website at the end of this month.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm kind of I I do love coolers, uh, and I don't know why, but. They are slick looking and you almost can never have an, enough of them uh, when it comes to a cooler. Because w- when yeah. I went down to Oklahoma, I learned real fast that you could only fit so much hog and, <clears throat> and whatever I had with me, um, which wasn't enough. And I ended up and it really chap kind of chapped my ass because I hadn't up at Walmart buying some, you know, $85 mm-hmm. POS Coleman or something like that. And I'm like, man, I would just rather have a nice one that I could then use again.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's actually going to hold. ice. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the beauty of what we've been able to do is we we truly do have an over-engineered soft-sided cooler. Uh, you know, I will tell you that we've tested it against some of the biggest brands in the uh, industry. And I think you can probably figure out who that would be. And we're better, it's a better product. And the the beauty of it is that we're fairly confident that we're gonna be able to go out at a retail of like 169 bucks, which is just, I mean, it's really, really low and comparable to products of the same size that are out there. So it's affordable for everyone. I mean, it's something that people can use for whether you're using it for its original purpose, you know, packing meat out. Or if you're just, you know, going down a lake and you want to throw a bunch of beers in there, you can throw. I, TJ actually did. I wish I had the numbers. He actually did a uh, <laughs> he uh, both sizes. I think he put 90 something beers. Don't hold me to this, but like the big one holds like 90 something cans of Bushlight. Light. Wow. That's heavy. <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask me why TJ had 90 something cans of the. Well, laying around, but yeah, he, uh, so he, yeah, he did, he did test that. And I think that, that we've got so much fun marketing material. That's going to come out from that too. Cool. Um, just to have fun with it, all the different ways that you can use it and whatnot, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: So, um, yeah. And keep us in the loop. We definitely want to know when that's, you know, about to come out and we'll let everybody know. Cause like I said, we saw it at ATA, super excited, thought that was a very slick piece of uh, a gear that you, again, maybe you didn't really realize you needed, but you do. Um, okay. So tell us, I want to know a little bit more about Josh. And um, you said you've been in the, at this for 17, 18 years, 2008, started in the sales and marketing side of things. Um, did you grow up in a hunting family? Uh, did you start in the hunting industry? Like how did that ball start rolling?
2: Yeah, I did. I mean, that was a big part of our upbringing was around hunting. Um, And in, you know, Wisconsin, there's a big, heavy gun hunting community. And, you know, literally schools shut down for gun season in Wisconsin. Uh, That's that big of a deal. I really didn't even get into gun hunting until I was probably in my late teens. I started out bow hunting. And uh, my uncles did it. My grandfather did it. My dad did it. My brother did it. And, I mean, from as early as I can remember, I was ate up with it. Like, it's literally all that I cared about. It's all that I wanted to do. I literally, I didn't even go to homecoming or uh, I think it was homecoming, uh, cause I'd rather go deer hunting or prom when I was in in high school. Cause I'd rather go turkey hunting. So, I mean, there was like, it was that big of a deal to me that it just, that's it, what I was all about from the start. So I knew that I wanted to somehow find a way to work in that industry. And I want to say I was about 12 years old and I have no problem like name dropping this guy. Cause I'm so grateful for everything he's ever done to me. He was a family friend. Marty Fry who um, went to church with my family and we went fishing together went hunting together and just kind of became like a really close friend of our families and he was working for a company called Maurice Sports at the time and they were a distributor out of Northbrook, Illinois for hunting and fishing products so I can remember one day he's like, hey, can you get down Northbrook? I don't know. I was probably 13 or 14. They were doing a sample sale. So like all the samples that they had were collected in this back warehouse and they were selling them for pennies on the dollar. So, you know, I'm 13 years old. I probably brought down my 30 bucks that I scrounged up somehow, cut grass or whatever. And I remember leaving there with three or four boxes of lures, deer hunting stuff. And, you know, Marty walked me around the the building and introduced me to some people. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like what Marty does is that's what I want to do. And so I, you know, ever since that moment, I've kind of done everything and whether it's my education or whatever, to try to get a path into there. And Marty was again, first on the scene to help me once I graduated college, to get me in a position working for a company in North Dakota, um, selling the NRA apparel line. And, uh, they had uh, an ice traction aid too. And one of my customers initially right off the bat was Marie Sporting Goods. So the company that I went down and did this whole thing, well, I got to know a couple of people there pretty good or pretty quickly. And I think within three months, they offered me a job to go work at Marie Sporting Goods. So literally I was working at the place that I decided in my head and kind of willed it into a, you know, ha- happening when I was 12 years old, going down there for a sample sale. So um it it's just you know it's a cool story i had again like everybody else i think anybody can kind of look back and say you know that person or this person was you know pivotal in me getting placement or where i'm at now and i had a lot of people that helped me along the way but um i'll forever be indebted to marty fry who got me hooked up in this industry and uh it's just kind of been a uh gone to the races since then it's been fun nice
0: and that's awesome. awesome so where'd you go to college
2: I went to, uh, gateway, which is a, uh, it's a technical school. That's in the Wisconsin program.
0: Okay. So, but you went for sales marketing, something like that.
2: Yeah. Marketing. Yep. Very interesting. And then on to
0: the NRA selling the NRA apparel line. That sounds challenging. (laughs) It was like a,
2: I don't even know that it lasted more than a year and a half. The company, trying to remember the parent company, it was called Surefoot and the, the brand was due North and they had like outerwear that was price point focused and it was looking back now, it was a tough, tough sell even back then, but it, uh, you know, it was fun kind of cut my teeth and got me into, you know, getting starting relationships with a lot of the major retailers in the area. And, um, obviously it was a opportunity for me to get, you know, the job that I wanted, which was at Marie Sporting Goods. And, uh, you know, I worked there for, think about 10 years or so, just a little bit mm-hmm. under. So, and it, and that was a great learning lesson uh, time in my life too. And met a ton of great people there that helped me advance in my career as well. And, and then you get to this point now where it's, you know, I, I still work for a, a sales agency called mm-hmm. Calibre management. We represent some 38 different hunting brands that are out there. And um, it's, you know, it's just been a blast. I mean, I've, I've really been extremely fortunate in the fact that I've, had the opportunity to work for the companies that I have and met the people that I have in this industry. Cause it's a really cool industry. Like you're saying it before it's a, uh, it's incredibly small and you know, you see a lot of the same people that are just kind of cycled in and out and they, you know, even some that leave the industry for a couple of years and some work their way back in. So, um, it's, it's, you know, I can't envision myself doing anything other than this. So,
0: so Um, you know, one of the things we talk about, if you're like a a game warden or or DNR officer or whatever, you know, sometimes the best times of the year are spent in the woods, not because you're there hunting, but because you are doing your job, um, with being in the hunting industry, have you had a good number of opportunities and stuff to get out and hunt? Or is it one of those things like you're grinding at work when everybody else is out having fun?
2: I'm going to start by saying I grind all the time. So but, uh, kids, I figured it out. Anyone that's listening, if you want to work in the outdoor industry and hunt and do those things, this is the path because there's just a lot of opportunities to do it. You know, whether that's taking customers or clients out on hunts or something like that, I've been able to do some things that I would never have been able to do on my own if it wasn't through a work trip or something like that. So yeah, I do get the opportunity to get out and get a lot of hunting done in the fall of the year. And you know, most of it's, Most of it is still kind of personal stuff where I just go out there by myself and, you know, I hunt on a property that's literally 15 minutes from where I live right now. And, you know, that's my home piece. And then my family's got property in, uh, West central Wisconsin that, you know, we get to quite a bit and, uh, you know, that's the core of my hunting, but I still do get the opportunity to do some fun hunts that are more business related. And, um, you know, I will tell you though, I still enjoy going up to my family farm and hunting there over most anything else.
0: What's the best one you've been on?
2: The best hunt I've been on. Hmm, It's a good question. So, um, man, I got the opportunity. Well, so I got an opportunity to hunt Osceola turkeys in Florida, which was a lot of fun from a friend of mine. That was a great hunt, great experience, totally different from what I've ever done before in my life. I don't know that was the, best hunt i've ever had in my life i ended up missing a turkey at like three yards uh but it was a lot of fun and it's you just saw, totally different a turkey. thing I that i've ever done. seen the turkey so yeah i mean three yards with a shotgun that wasn't <laughs> my, i got all the excuses in the world uh i still should have shot it but and that would have. i needed an osceola i still need an osceola um but that was kind of probably one of the more cooler unique hunts there's a hunt that i do with a good group of friends that's in north dakota um and that's a either or archery draw tag for a deer. And it is just one of my absolute favorites. And it's not a business hunt for the most part. Like there's people in the industry that come on that hunt, but it's not, you know, nothing's getting, no deals are getting made out there or anything like that. We're just out hunting. Um, And that's, that's probably my favorite hunt that I've been on. I would say is just that North Dakota hunt, just because it's so open. It's just a different style of hunting. I mean, I'm a Midwest guy like yourself. So I spend the great majority of my season in a tree stand, 20 feet up in the air chasing deer. So to have the opportunity to do stuff that's more spot and stock, I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, I would say either that or I've hunted, I've gotten the opportunity to hunt Kansas, uh, whitetails quite a bit and that's a awesome place. Um, I enjoy that quite a bit too. That was a lot of fun, hard not to, but I would say just maybe it's more cause the camaraderie and everything. And it is one of my favorite places on earth is where we hunt in North Dakota. I'm careful not to, uh, to give too much of a details on it. Cause it's one of those spots that pretty much anyone could go hunt and it's awesome. And it's like, it's just a really great spot and we have just so much fun out there and it's just low key and it's cool terrain. Like, especially if you're from the Midwest, it's like on that, it's on that North end of the badlands, um, or on the South end, technically, I guess. Um, What's so a- it's, it's a cool, cool, Area.
0: What's the deer population like up there?
2: You know, it's cool. It's changed quite a bit. When we first started going out there, it was heavy whitetail deer and like good numbers, like really, really solid numbers. Over the past two years, it's really pivoted to more mule deer. Like we see far more mule deer than we see tails and the whitetails are actually they've been on a decline out there for I think the last two or three years. They've been hit pretty bad with uh, I think it was blue tongue that got them. Um, but the numbers were really, really low. A couple of years ago, when you'd walk any like, you know, Arroyo or washout, you'd find all kinds of deer bones and stuff like that from, you know, the kill off that happened that year. So they've um, the whitetail numbers have really taken a hit out there. Um, But the mule deer seem to be doing really well. Um, The mule mule deer out there, the numbers every year seem to be really stable. Um, We always see deer. We always see good bucks. Um, You know, so it's, good area. it's like one of the things it's just a target rich atmosphere we say because there's so many deer you can see them there's no place from really hide in a lot of ways so if you see like a cluster of three or four trees there's probably a couple deer in there yeah. and if you spend some time just glassing it you're going to see animals so you know you can go on a hunt here in like illinois or uh, ohio or iowa or wisconsin probably not iowa but in wisconsin and you know not see anything and you
1: know have
2: two or three days of that in a row that's just not happening out there. You're going to see animals just because it's so wide open. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've watched videos and stuff of people out that way. And, and I just I haven't figured out how to. I, I just, I'm just i not comfortable enough to th- think to myself, all right, I'm going to plan a trip to South Dakota or North Dakota or whatever. I get in my little comfort zones. and I don't
2: Well, know. I would tell you, man, I would just do it. That's what people Cause do. I mean, I mean, don't put pressure on yourself to produce something or other and let it yourself, you know, there's a lot, I mean, I learn every year, different things and I become better at hunting that type of train every year, but I, you know, just go out there and experience it. And I think you would realize that it's probably not as daunting as you think it is. I mean, if you've got like a core understanding of how to bow hunt and, you know, understand how to play train and how to play wind and stuff like that, you're going to have, some decent success. And when I say that, meaning you're going to be able to put a stock on an animal, right? It's a different game, just like it is here in the white tail woods to kill a mature buck out there as it is, you know, same, you know, it's still hard to kill one of those bigger mature deer because that's just how they got bigger mature. Right. They're better at, you know, surviving. Right.
0: So, uh, white is that your number one? Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So what, yeah. what's number two or like, go down that list a little bit Your turkeys after that or
2: yeah turkeys i love turkey hunting um this is probably one of them, the most disappointing turkey seasons i've ever had i think i spent i probably spent five days hunting turkeys this year wisconsin does their seasons a little wonky Um, you have to apply for um, a permit and you only get a week to hunt and the week that i hunt i had was terrible i mean it was like blowing 40 and it was snowing and it was just terrible so it was really, really tough. The birds were on a flock. They were all flocked up. I mean, we'd see, you know, flocks of them of 30, 40 plus birds walking through fields and stuff. You're just, it's, they're not playing the game at that point in time. So it's a little rough, but yeah, I like turkey hunting. I would put turkey hunting up there pretty close. Um, um You know, mule deer, I would probably say it was a close 2B. Um, I love to go mule deer hunting. Um, I like antelope hunting. Um, I like elk hunting, although I've had not had, really good results with elk hunting. Uh, I've gone on probably four hunts now, I think, four or five hunts and um it's just been I've gotten my teeth kicked in every time I've gone out there. So I'm going I have an elk hunt this year. So maybe I change my luck on that, but we'll see what happens. I uh you know, I can see where it would be a lot of fun and that could quickly jump up my list if I have a good experience, I think, just because it's, you know, just the, the you know, when you're out in the mountains, it's a totally different scene than what you're used to in, in you know, southeast Wisconsin. So I could see that quickly moving up the list, but I, for now, it's going to sit down a little bit lower. Gotcha.
0: Have you ever done any of the thermal hunting at night? I, our listeners are probably like, this is stupid. He's talking about it again, but
2: yeah, well, X Vision, Dude. uh, yeah, I have done a little bit of that, um, in Texas. Um, it's yeah. a lot of fun, it's a totally different thing. I mean it's completely different. It's uh it, it is a lot of fun. I, I um it's just more or less I've only actually I use my thermals for a lot of stuff. I've used them before even up here. Thermals are night vision for coyote and predator hunting, which I don't do nearly enough of. You used to do more but need to do more. Um but yeah, the pig hunting with the thermals is a that's a totally different that's a totally different game.
0: What? I just when I did it for the first couple of times, I, I just, I, I got hooked instantly and mm-hmm. it's so different going, you're like getting, getting ready to go out and the sun's going down versus every time, you know, when you're racing to the woods for white tails to get there before the sun comes up. Uh, and then obviously the fun that entails after that, but, well,
2: and there's a lot of camaraderie with that too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're usually out there with a couple of guys and you're having a good time and, you know, talking it up and laughing and,
0: yeah and I tell you I've done it a couple of times solo back here in Ohio, but when we were like in Missouri or Oklahoma, you got three or four guys there, and everybody's scanning and just it's just this like teamwork uh mm-hmm. of, if to actually be successful yeah uh, so it's it's definitely that's, that's yeah. a fun 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 deal so
2: yeah it's up there it's fun yeah so uh
0: let's see here. I guess before we leave you, um, is there anything else on the half rack horizon that we need to be aware of? We got meat lugs dropping later here this summer, and uh, can you can you fill us in on anything past that
2: or? Yeah, wait. so the meatlug we just we did drop. I think we talked a little bit about the hunter hanger. We dropped that uh, probably about two months ago, maybe a month ago. So that was another item that we had. And then we've got um, a few new items that are coming out more on the buff side of things and gators and things like that that'll be at stores this fall. Try to think if we've got anything else outside of that, but uh, a lot of cool things like on the horizon um, that we're working on. You know, I'm really excited for some of the products that we're going to be launching next ATA. Um, just kind of the cycle of things, right? Like, you know, the new products like you're talking about, like I, you know, they they almost not in a way lose their luster cause we've moved on. Like everyone's still like, Oh, those are new. Well to us, we've been working on those for two years. We're on to, you know, the next thing, but uh, yeah, we're excited about the meat leg. We think the meat leg is going to do really well for us and the hunter hanger is a beast and we'll continue to be. And, you know, we're just excited about kind of filling out some of our core assortments, like I said before, with like the buffs and, and the gators and things like that too that are I think pretty cool and uh certainly hit a need, I think, that's out there for um for that particular type of category. So Heck yeah. But yeah, I would say just you know, keep looking, like our social media and stuff like that. And we're trying to do some giveaways, you know. I if you're not following us, you know, give us a follow on on uh Instagram and and uh, we've put out some pretty entertaining content. We've got some great people that are support like y'all, uh who support the brand that put out some pretty good stuff. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun, uh, site to follow. I would say,
0: do you want to go ahead and give everybody where, uh, your Instagram and all that stuff and they can find you yeah. on go wild too, right?
2: Yep. We're on go wild too. Let me look and make sure that I will, this is terrible, but I have to do this every time. Uh, half dot rack is our Instagram. And then I think you could just find us for half dash rack at Facebook. I'm pretty sure we have a TikTok, but I don't do that. Uh, so if you search out half rack we're probably on there as well but and then our website's rack.com. so and all the information you can email us on that you can sign up for a newsletter um, and then any other additional social media platforms that we have are on there too so you can give us a follow on there
0: cool josh well, i appreciate your time we're looking forward to, to see what half-rack continues to grow into and uh, we'll stay in touch man
2: yeah appreciate it thank you